All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 275. My season is done. The Clippers are done. What is the future for the Los Angeles Clippers? And should Ty Lu be the head coach? We're going to break down every series going on. We got two people moving on. We have three, three to one games tonight. Tonight's docket of basketball is crazy. We're going to talk about each one of those series. Jimmy Butler has a historic performance. Drew and I both wonder why he's not on our All-NBA team. So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode two seventy five. My season's over, Drew. <laughs> the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I've been walking down all week. It's official yeah. as of last night. My Clippers are once again out of the NBA playoffs, and this is just a script that we keep rewriting every single year of this show. I think I put it in in good terms on last show and about the the clipper curse and the clipper conjuring and i think i let a lot out in that episode and i think it resonated a lot with uh with clipper nation people bought into it they understood what i meant um last night was a rough night especially with that game but first before we even get into the game the whole series how we're, how i'm feeling what i think about like what's going to be the future of the clippers and whatnot you know i want to tip my cap drew because you know I'm not a big Devin Booker fan, and I'm not a big Devin Booker fan. I've said it on the show many a times. I'm only not a big De- Devin Booker fan out of personal like pettiness. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't like Devin Booker. I don't have to like every single NBA basketball player, but I'm me and you are both hoopers before we're anything, and I respect greatness. And what Devin Booker did in this series was absolutely phenomenal. The amount, the his, the difficulty of shots, the clip he was shooting it at. Uh, the variety of shots, how he got to the bucket, hands in his face, hands not in his face. The guy was absolutely remarkable. Mm. And Kevin Durant, too, but Devin Booker specifically. And we had absolutely no answer for him. I think we would have had an answer for him had we had Paul George or <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, but we'll talk about that shortly. But I want to tip my cap to them. They uh, they played a really great series. I think, uh, personally, I mean, every one of those games was a good game. Yeah. Was, I mean, last night got away from us, the the final game, and then you look up and holy shit, it's a two-point game. Mm-hmm. We could have won that game. So I, I want to tip my cap to Phoenix. But I also want to say that, like, I'm really, really proud of the Clippers for what we've done and what we've done all year. And, you know, I mentioned on the last show how I'm always trying to be positive and look at, you know, at the glass half full when it comes to this team and this franchise. But, like, look – they grinded it out this whole series and they fought. I asked for them to just leave everything on the floor. They battled every single night and we were in every single one of those games. So I'm not upset at our effort at all. If these guys put up no effort and got our ass kicked every single night, uh, it'd be one thing, but we, we played, played really, really well. So I'm okay with that. Um, I think in this series, I don't want to be, that guy that wants to blame a lot of things, but I think a lot of things went wrong for the Clippers. Like it just felt like when Kawhi was out, it felt like the NBA was looking at it like, Oh shit, 
we can't have Bones Highland and Norm Powell moving to the second round, right? We need KD. <laughs> and look, the, the numbers don't lie, right? So if I don't like to be conspiracy guy, I, I am very adamant about being a numbers guy. And some of these things, especially with the free throws, the numbers don't lie. You cannot, Russell Westbrook cannot get 17 shots at the rim, have 37 points and now one free throw. And then the, the Phoenix gets to the line. It was, it was like 27, 28 more free throws. And the Clippers took 60% shots at the rim and got 60% less free throw shots. So a lot of those games or two of those games specifically could have been won at the free throw line for the Mm. Clippers. And we're looking at something completely different. So before we get into the details of everything, what were your thoughts specifically on Devin Booker? And and what we saw from him and how he's it's kind of reminds me a lot of like what we saw we've seen from Tatum where we have these moments where like, mm. oh shit, this guy's turning into that guy, right? Yeah. And we kind of been we we saw it in the bubble with Booker. We've seen it all year. And with with this series, we saw what an elite player he is and how good this guy can actually be. Oh, absolutely. I and I Tatum's a good name, right? I do think they're on that same kind of level, even though Tatum's younger. Uh but I mean, in the in this closeout game, forty-seven points, uh-huh. ten assists, eight rebounds, uh, on nineteen of twenty-seven shooting. That just alone is twenty-five in the third. Drew twenty-five yeah. in the third. Uh, uh, incredible, incredible performance. I mean, look, we've said it on this show. I'll say it again right now. Devin Booker is the the best shooting guard in the NBA, and I think you know there there could be some some argument there if you wanted to move Jason Tatum to a shooting guard position, but I think technically he's more of a forward uh, give and take is, is, is allowed of course, but I think Devin Booker, if you're just going to go straight up at, you know, as a two guard, he fits the mold. He's the best, best shooting guard in the NBA and has been some, has been for at least a couple of years now. And I'm with you on, I would have, I really would have loved to see him do this or attempt this type of stuff against Paul George and against Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi probably would have matched up with KD a lot more and PG on, on Booker. And that just would have been great. And we wanted to see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and, and you know what I, the, the whole notion about the, the NBA, not wanting to see Bones Island and Norm Powell advance. I understand what you're saying there. I also think it was just such a tall task for this team to have to even try to overcome, even though this is a, this is a shallow Suns team, as we've mentioned, I Torrey Craig just fell off a cliff in the last game, but you got Josh Okogie who's just given, you know, hustle and heart every second of the, uh, of the game that he's out there for and steps in nicely to, to do his duty. But when you have Booker 47, Durant 31, uh, CP 15, eight and 21, like it, what, how, you know, and the fact that you only lost by six points when Russ was also three of 17 shooting mm. like this, that's a lot of heart for the Clippers, right? I just talked about, you know, what the Suns brought to the table, but this was a, a this was a very much a, a, a proud performance for this Clippers organization, for this team. They fought to the very end. So I, that resonates with me the most is, is they didn't just give up and it could have been one of those moments, right? The third quarter happens and you're, and they know the series is essentially over at that point. And they could have just said, well, this is it. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to try very hard, but they didn't give up. Um, yeah, man, it, it, to Kawhi tearing his meniscus is just the worst possible thing. And I, you know, potentially the the Paul George injury at the end of the regular season really set the tone for what I think expectations should have been for this Clippers team. And it was even, even if you had a healthy Kawhi the whole time, everyone was picking the Suns, 
because they just well, there's they're stacked when you look at it, right? And this Clipper team stealing what was it, game one they stole. I thought we were going to be in for for a really, really great back and forth uh, with Kawhi and the rest of the Clippers playing as well as they did. Uh, but it just wasn't meant to be, man. And so Kawhi now out for, <laughs> I don't know, at least another two months, we assume, but at least it's the, it's the off season now. Um, and I know you want to get into some more, probably some more details, but I, you know, the question that everyone's going to ask is like, what, what now? Like how, how much longer can you keep doing this kind of the same thing as you've mentioned on this show every year, it seems like it comes down to something like this ending the season, unfortunately, not because of the, the play on the court, but the injuries that are keeping players off the court. Are you, are you even ready to think about what potential offseason moves would be happening for this Clippers team? You know, first thing, Drew, I've been a diehard Clipper fan way before we started this show. So this mm-hmm. isn't like this has happened for six years. This is well, no, six for years 30. with like real expectations and, yeah. and talent and all. Yeah, of that. it's um, it's definitely it's it's hard to swallow. Right. Because, look, let's just call it what it is. Load management doesn't work. Right. <laughs> doesn't and work. like load management doesn't prevent you from getting injuries. Right. It's mm. like you can be the greatest driver in the world like you can have zero tickets never had a parking ticket you're a wonderful driver you you drive 65 on the freeway you've been doing it for 40 years it doesn't mean you're never going to get into a car accident right Mm. and you can try to prevent injuries but they're just going to happen and what i find so wild is that there is there is so many clipper fans that i have to deal with on a on a on a day-to-day basis that deal that that engage with us on our show too the amount of people that are either brainwashed by the talking heads or their own personal feelings think like the amount of people that said man fuck Kawhi, he's mm. such a pussy you know Kawhi leonard's a pussy and i'm like okay dude all right and it, it comes out like this guy literally tore his meniscus in game 1 which i 1000% know or would think that the Clippers knew he tore his meniscus, mm. his meniscus in game one. Kawhi said, fuck it. I want to, I want to give this a run in game two drops 30 points, almost gets a dub, probably re injures it or hurts it even more on the play yeah. that I thought he did it on. I, I right. didn't think he was in game one. I thought it was in game two. That's that the play I'm talking about when he took it to the rack and I, 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 he planted really hard on that knee. I thought that's when he got hurt. So the fact that he played through this, and uh, they they realize it's a torn meniscus. There's no way that, that, that he can continue to play. And it and it's the same knee that the ACL was on, right? Mm. So this is this is a nagging injury. Now, well, hold on. I, I think yeah. the Clippers didn't do Kawhi any favors by holding that close to the vest, as far as people accusing him of being a pussy, because they were like it's day to day, right? Like so, because of that, I think a lot of people were like, well, why isn't he playing? Like if if it's an option, he mm-hmm. should. Can he can he try to play? Can he can he play twenty five minutes? Can he play mm-hmm. fifteen minutes? And I think the Clippers could have helped him out publicly as as far as image wise goes by announcing that. But of course, doing so. Uh, affects the opponent affects mm-hmm. the sons and how they approach the game and what they look at too. So I, it's, I understand why they did not but I also can understand the frustration from the Clippers fans being like, 
if it's if it's his decision to not be out there, then no, it's they bullshit. think that Kawhi is just like, oh, it's the playoffs. I don't want to play. <laughs> right. They think that like it's just his decision. If anything, right. Kawhi Leonard, if Kawhi Leonard could get could not play all eighty two regular season games and just play in the playoffs, that's what Kawhi Leonard would. That'd be like his <laughs> ultimate schedule, right? Kawhi <laughs> Leonard lives for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And now, let me play devil's advocate. Kawhi is not a transparent guy. Transparent guy. Kawhi does not let us know how he feels. Kawhi is not LeBron James or Russell Westbrook and, and wears his emotions on his sleeves and let the media know everything. He's very tight to the chest. And same thing with, with the Clippers and how they handle injuries, which is wild. They like to keep everything close. They yeah. don't want to disclose in any information. So I think the fan base and the media base will just try to pick, right? And prick pick what they want to hear. So mm. like, it's, it's crazy to me how like some people in the normal world, like near you or the school teacher or the Amazon driver is sitting there. Oh, Kawhi Leonard's a pussy. He's not playing professional basketball. You can probably do your day job with a torn meniscus. You can probably do, uh, you know, play in your rec league with a, with a, <laughs> with a partially torn meniscus. You cannot right. compete at an elite level guarding Kevin Durant coming off an ACL injury to play basketball so I understand why Kawhi was shut down and not playing now it is very frustrating Drew that our two best players that we have had high expectations for continue to get hurt when it matters the most it is very frustrating and it sucks but it is what it is now I again if this was three years ago four years ago eight years ago I'd be in a in a hissy fit like the rest of Clipper Nation but like these are expect these are things that happen often They've happened often to us. It's nothing new. I don't think it's necessarily anybody's fault. I just don't know what you want from Kawhi, right? Mm. I, 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 I understand, like, look, dude, when Kawhi plays, Kawhi is a top five NBA basketball player. When Paul George and Kawhi play together, we are an elite basketball team. The numbers prove it. We win. Yeah, Kawhi's winning record is the, in the top three in the history of the NBA. It's 70%. Yeah. All right. 71% of his games. That's crazy. When he's playing, but then like, I I heard a stat and I should have double checked it, but I I read a stat that said Kawhi Leonard has played 27 home games. Total. That's maybe I'm wrong. I'd love somebody to fact check me, but somebody said that. And that is crazy. So that can't be right. I I, drew uh, somebody look it up because I don't know. Uh, I thought it was interesting. The, the 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 crazy thing is, is like we have to actually double think that because that yeah, could right. possibly be a good a normal stack. It's close so, enough for me to go. Wait, that seems low, but it, it could be true. <laughs> it could be true. And like, look, uh, I'm actually I said this this morning to with one of my Clipper friends. Uh, I was upset last night. I went to bed early. I knew I was going to be bombarded with text messages and all this shit for people that want to talk about the game and whatnot. Uh, there was a sense of relief. Right. I'm mm. kind of glad that this is over. I'm kind of glad that this it's like watching a movie like with your with your favorite actors, like they come out with this Marvel flick and it's all five of your favorite actors in one movie. And you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. And then halfway through the movie, you're like, oh, shit, this is not fun at all. Like they're not <laughs> using Denzel. Right. Why is <laughs> you know, why is Mark Wahlberg already out of the movie? I, I was just glad to leave the movie theater. Yeah. So last night, like. I'm just I'm, there's a weight lifted off to my shoulder. Now, there is something that we need to, to discuss, which is what's going to happen moving forward. That's what everybody's asking. It's yeah. funny because people just immediately after the game last night, blow up the team. It's time to blow it up. And I'm like, OK, I re- actually responded this morning to a couple of them. I said, OK, you're very adamant about blowing this team up. 
tell me how we're going to blow it up. And they're like, um, you know, like get draft picks. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we're trading Kawhi Leonard for draft picks. That's what you, that's your grand scheme to rebuild the franchise. That's what, that's what you, oh, get rid of Paul George too. The guys that we've put up $200 million for, right? The guys that, that we've literally mortgaged our whole franchise to get, we're just going to throw it away. We're just going to throw it into the, into the wind and whatnot. That's not what we're going to do. So while there were times where I'm, of course, I'll contemplate it. Damn, should we blow it up? No, actually, we shouldn't. What we should do is get Kawhi healthy, get Paul George healthy once again. We have them through next season. They both have a player op in 2025 for $48 million, which I both think they're going to get in on. They both want to be here. They both want to be in Los Angeles. I I, I know that uh, they both want Russell here. We have a billion-dollar arena coming in two years that I know for a fact Steve Ballmer does not want to open with Bones Highland and Norman Powell being the, the 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 forefront of our franchise. We want star basketball players. So if the question is, Clips, do you think the, the Clippers should blow it up? I say no. I say what we do is get healthy once again. Kawhi Leonard's 31 years old. All right. Paul George, when again, when Paul George is playing, elite basketball player. If both those guys are playing, I don't want to be that guy, Uncle Rico. If you know, if I was, I could throw this football over the mountain. If Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy, we're winning that series like no question in my mind. As good as Phoenix was, there are a lot of issues, right? There are a lot depth, depth being one of them. If 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 Josh Okogi and Tory Craig, if Tory Craig doesn't have those first two good games, like we're 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 probably two and zero going into Game Three. Um, Chris Paul. Right. Obviously, he's, he's a little sketchy with his three point shot now. It it, ba- it baffles my mind, Drew. How in year 15, I think this is year 15 for Chris, how he can still slither and snake his way to the 15 foot line and get wide open shots every time. It is masterful, right? It is masterful. We talk about how Kawhi Leonard can get to his spots. It is just, it is, it is like watching a ballet dancer get to his spot every single time. But there are issues with Chris Paul, right? These guys played the one Durant and, and Booker played the one and two most minutes in a series to beat a depleted Clipper team. If you have mm. to rely that much on those two, that many minutes to beat a depleted Clipper team, you're in for a hell of a night with, with Denver, which we'll talk about in a minute. So what are your thoughts on what I just said about blow? We can't blow it up. We cannot backpedal. Now we are yeah. too far deep. We're too into this to give up now. So that's where I'm at. Run this shit back with, with some additions and some subtractions. Definitely. You can't blow it up. Number one, you can't blow it up because I think the Clipper curse is tied to the Staples center. I think the Clipper curse is tied to arenas. And I think you have the potential to break this curse by opening that new stadium and having those guys play in there and having your own ground, your own floor in LA for the first time, whatever, since the, uh, what was that called? Uh, sports arena, bro. Sports but arena. Let me interrupt you really quick because you you actually took something. The, the freaking sports arena, bro. You can only eat pizza or hot dogs. Only two yeah. things you could have there. Before you go in, that's part of my whole spiel with the new mm. arena, right? Yeah. Let's get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy once again. All right, let's get them mm. healthy. Let's bring Russell back. Let's bring back the squad that wants to compete for a chip, win the chip next year, open the arena, and on opening night, drop a fucking banner. That's how you walk into a brand new arena. So continue, Drew. That's <laughs> that's my pipe dream. That's my yeah. dream I'm, I'm thinking about. I, no, but I think that's a great dream to have. And 
I think, you know, whether or not you were able to win a championship before that arena opens or after, the only way that you can do that is by maintaining this roster. A championship is is a decade away if you go the blow it up route. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, you don't, I mean, look at what, I mean, it took, it took Philly a long time to, and they were, I mean, shit, dude, they were terrible for, for a long time, right? When they decided to do the whole blow up thing, we'll just do the tank, tankathon, we'll, we'll draft, we'll draft for draft. And even then they can't even get to a finals after all of this is said and done. And Embiid's uh, hurt. Like he Embiid, is in all, every playoff. Embiid is hurt, right? So like our Philly fans are going to be like, let's blow it up, right? Is, is Embiid on his way to Miami right now to go play with Jimmy Butler, a guy that mm-hmm. he clearly needs on his team and, and vice versa. Um, but I, the, 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 the Paul George Kawhi Leonard traded thing is, is it really hits home for me too, because of Anthony Davis's injury history, right? Like we won a championship a couple of years ago and people have said, let's trade Anthony Davis. Cause he can't stay on the floor. And I've always been of the mindset of like, no, like, let's see this through injuries happen to people and there's nothing you can do about it. It's a part of the game. Um, and there's no real way to mitigate that. Kevin Durant, like all of the major stars, Steph Curry, have had injury problems, except for, uh, you know, a couple of the young ones that haven't luckily haven't had to deal with that. Right. Uh, but Devin Booker was injured this year. Um, yeah, Jalen Brown has a mask and a, and a hand wrapped up. Looks like a look Street Fighter character. Um, so it just it's just one of these things, man, where, where it, it happens a lot. It's an unfortunate part of the of the game and and in in these playoffs now we can see how much an injury can turn a tide just like Milwaukee and, and Giannis being out and and Miami's dealing with her hero being out too like it's just it's never ending right so the answer to injury is never just like well I understand the frustration of saying saying it out loud and just be like fuck this like blow it up I'm tired of this that's a fair point to have is being upset and frustrated and tired when when you see all the talent and the potential of the team and it just never comes to fruition because they can't stay on the floor but there's nothing really you can do about it if you want to be competitive you just have to hope to get lucky that's the truth Lucky's of the matter part you have of to it, hope, right you have to hope to get lucky that anthony davis doesn't roll his ankle in this next game and then has a high ankle sprain and is out for 3 weeks that lebron james doesn't mess up his groin that steph curry doesn't uh, and or john morant or whoever it is that doesn't have a hand or elbow or shoulder problem. Like it just, it's time and time again. And look, I, I think every franchise has had to deal with that. Every franchise that's competitive has had to deal with the notion of injuries, uh, stopping progress. Um, and I just don't see blow it up as ever being the answer. Blow it up is the answer when you have everyone healthy and you don't get to your objective. Mm-hmm. That's blow it up. That's the Chicago Bulls. That's to me, like, you know, other than Zach Levine's injury, which was a while ago now, you have everything in place, everything you want and health. And you're not able to achieve the objective of getting into the second round or getting to the Western Conference Finals, whatever the whatever the objective is. Of course, obviously, win a championship is a hard thing for 29 teams to do. It's only going to be one team. Uh, but that's when you blow it up, in my opinion, not when you have a roster like you just said that took the Suns pretty close to the wire <laughs> and, and without any, you know, any of their two major stars. So I'm with you. And I also just want to real quick for the people that that saw JJ today, I'm so thankful that JJ's on first take because I, I love I wake up every morning and watch first take. I like listening to Stephen A. Mm. Stephen A made some comments yesterday that he didn't backpedal on that. He actually is sticking by saying that Kawhi Leonard is the worst superstar to have. Right. And I think that was real flagrant of him to say, like, for let's also say this. This guy played game one, tears his meniscus. His sister just got life in yeah. prison for murder. 
All right. Whatever problems you guys are going through in your personal life, this guy's going through some shit. All right. You, we don't even bring that to the forefront forefront on anything. Whatever his family, it's way bigger than basketball and your need for a, for a Clipper championship. What Kawhi Leonard's going through with his family. But we, do we know that? No, but we have to hear it secondhanded from a media outlet because Kawhi doesn't want to talk about it either. He never wants to talk about it. But OK, Stephen A. So Kawhi Leonard's the worst superstar to have. All right. I'd rather have my superstar in the strip club waving guns. Is that a better superstar than Kawhi Leonard? You know what I'm saying? Like. Let's be and real. He's about to lose a series too. That guy who is about to lose a series <laughs> that I cannot wait to talk about. Yeah. So uh, I just think it's it's unfair for uh, the disrespect that a two time champ, two time Finals MVP guy is getting right now. And for all intents and purposes, thank you, JJ, for mentioning like how hard it is to come back from these injuries and what Kawhi has done. The guy took two years to come back from an ACL injury. You know how frustrating it's got to be for him to come back to be playing at such a pristine level. Mm. I mean, even in the – he would have beaten Devin Booker out for, like, best player in the playoffs right now. That's how good Kawhi Leonard has been playing the past three months. That's why it's so – it sucks so bad that we didn't get to see this happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, like, the blow it up thing. All right. Oh, somebody even said, well, we should get Dame Lillard. Okay. How has that worked for Dame Lillard in Portland being the one superstar, right? Is is oh so we get Dame we get a re uh, a reunion of Dame and Norm Powell and Rocco back? How's that going <laughs> to work in Los Angeles? Like I I think it's fair for Lawrence Frank in the front office to look at what's out there. I guess I don't mm. think there's going to be a huge haul for Kawhi because of injury. You know what's been going on with the injury and whatnot. But like okay, if Jalen Brown's really unhappy in Boston, like let's let's look at it. I don't think we trade anybody. These guys want to be here. There is no point why we just don't run this shit back again. So I am all for the non-blow up, but I am for getting rid of a couple pieces. Marcus Morris being one of them. And I think Marcus, the fact that he, the minutes he played in these after not playing for a couple weeks, and then he just gets to waltz into the lineup. I think T-Man needs to be playing more. We have to bring back Russell Westbrook. We haven't talked about that enough. Yes, that final game was, it was a little rough. (laughs) It was definitely a little rough. But I think a summer with uh, Russ and with PG and with T-Man specifically, I think Russ and Bones Highland, I want to bring Bones back as well. I think uh, them. I think Russell would be great for these guys. So I want to run it back. Um, I'm disappointed yet again that my season's cut short. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure who I'm rooting for now. I have no skin in the game. The best part of when this happens, Drew, especially so early, is that this is the time of the year where I actually get my healthiest and my happiest. <laughs> the, the super sober summer of clips is coming because I have I, there's my my drinking gets cut down by about ninety percent. <laughs> my stress levels down. I'm going to get back to you yeah. know shooting hoops when I want to, and you know taking my beach walks every morning and focusing on our show, maybe learning a couple new things. But um. Uh, I'm disappointed. There will be a lot happening this summer. We're not done talking about the Clippers. And let me know, Clipper Nation, like, but l- while you've cooled off for a couple days, give it 48 hours. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to wake up to all these F-bombs and Kawhi's a pussy. Because And also, like, we got to see the whole series of how hard Paul George is working. He tried, man. He really tried. And there were expectations of, like, man, if this goes seven, maybe Paul can be back. This guy was trying to play for, be ready for the second round. And I think he would have been so, and we saw it in front of our face. We saw how hard the guy was working. So to, to just 
throw them aside and be like, oh, no, it's time for them to get out of here. How about this, Clipper Nation? Get, tell me what works the best for you. You want to blow it up? Give me the best plan and make sure it works. Don't do any of this shit like, oh, well, we should go for Luca. Sorry, that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> Got to wait a couple more years. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So yeah. we tonight is a huge game in ba- a huge day in basketball. Hold on, before almost- we go, before we yeah. go. Yeah. Any thoughts on Ty Lu? There, that's a change that 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 you could make without blowing it up. Nick Nurse, a guy who's had a good relationship with Kawhi and is a f- you know free agent essentially at this mm-hmm. point, uh, after Ime Udoko goes to Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on potentially changing it up with Ty? Well, I was actually going to save that for my final thought. Let's and save it. Let's no, save it. Okay. I, yeah, we'll save, save it for, for your final, final thoughts. thoughts. All right. All right. Uh, full docket tonight. We have huge games tonight. We have elimination games. We have first game of the night. We have a two-two tie with with Golden State and Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox is Ooh. is gonna play game five after a broken. Uh, is it a broken, fractured, whatever the hell it is? Yeah, broken yeah. index finger on his shooting hand, his left hand. And you know what's wild, Drew? Is I got today. Uh, I, I ran into a couple, and they didn't mention this. And while they were leaving, uh. They said they had to catch a flight. And I'm like, well, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're from Sacramento. And I said, oh, shit. I said, dude, you're kings right now. He's like, yeah, man, we're season ticket holders. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, dude, you, you should have told me this when when you sat down because we could have talked about it. We talked basketball for about 20 minutes. You don't meet too many like OG season ticket holder, you know, Kings fans, but they're all excited up there. The, the fact that De'Aaron Fox has been playing so well. Uh, that series, you know, getting the most views to 10.4 million people watch that game. But let's just talk about that game first, then, Drew. Okay. Uh, we're back in Sacktown, right? Tonight is back. Yeah, it's game five. Back in back, Sac. Back in they, Sacramento. They won their first two in Sacramento. Golden State got theirs. Um, with De'Aaron Fogg, like I saw his workout and his workout looked fine. He looked like he was shooting fine. But, you know, come game time, any foul on a broken hand is going to hurt, right? Any swipe at the rock is going to hurt. I think he's going to be in pain. I think they're going to need somebody to really step up tonight. And Herter's been kind of non-existent this this series, and I I think he's due for a big game. They're going to need him to step up. Malik Monk's going to have to be huge. Sabonis is going to have to be huge. But uh, Golden State looking pretty good too, man. I, I, I don't know what to call this series. Oh, I'm still, I, I still, I'm leaning Golden State. Um, I, my guess is that it goes seven though. I think Sacramento will win. I, I, it really all depends on how well De'Aaron Fox can actually play. Right. Right. Cause that was the, the biggest disappointment as far as just like we were talking about injuries, just, just a second ago with Kawhi and Paul George, sometimes you get bad luck. And this is one of those things for the Kings, their, their best player, the guy who's been playing out of his mind, almost, I mean, really matching Steph Curry kind of shot for shot in, in, in moments here. Uh, certainly over the series, De'Aaron Fox ends up with a broken finger, not only a broken finger, a broken index finger on his shoot. Like that's about as bad as it gets uh, for a point guard who has the ball in his hands all the time and, and, and needs that hand for shooting and floaters and for layups and to pass and to defend it's the fingertip as well. It's just like, mm. Oh, sh- God damn it. Mm. So I'm happy that he's going to, he's going to, you know, grunt it out here and, and we'll, we'll get a really clear sense of whether or not he's going to be able to, to, to make the cut tonight 
pretty fast. It's also really funny. And I'm, I'm sorry to go back to the Clippers, but like people kept sending me deer and Fox playing game five. They're like, see, that's what superstars do. I'm like, it's a fingertip, man. It's not the knee. God, stop it. Anyway, yeah, it is. No, that, but that's a valid point too. Is it's, it's not his knee. It is his fingertip. And Kobe famously played with a broken finger for like a whole season. Like we get it. People can do that. Uh, but that news was, was, was terrible. I'm, I'm happy to see him on the court, but I, if he, if he can play, you know, 80, 90% of what he's been able to do, this will be a tough game, right? Just as we've seen a lot of these games have been pretty close except for game three, ironically, without Draymond Green. I do want to pat us on the back because we did call on 420 the Kevon Looney would be the X factor. We nailed that one. I said 19 rebounds on the show. He got, he went out and did, he said, no, I'm going to do one better. I got 20 rebounds, nine assists, Four points for Kevon Looney on 420. 420 is the box score. Uh, so pat ourselves on the back. They did a fantastic job. Golden State did in that one um, and was really, you know, kind of a demoralizing win. But one that you would expect back against the wall down 2-0. They cannot lose that game. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing happened in game four, except for we had the brain fart from Steph Curry, which to me is the biggest uh, moment of that game is Steph Curry pulls a full on Chris Webber and almost costs Golden State the game. And I honestly think potentially the series. Now, let's just say Golden State loses that game. The deer and Fox News opens the door, and that's where I still lean Golden State, right? If, if, even if deer and Fox is 80, 90% of what he is, he's not going to be 100% out there with that injury. And I think that's going to be the death knell. I think they can still win tonight, potentially. Uh, but I don't think they'll be able to to do this for for three more games and win two out of the next three. Uh, that's that's kind of where I lean, and I'm I am. This was the most fun series of the playoffs, and I don't think it's close. When you look around, I mean, the Miami uh, Miami Milwaukee stuff has been fun, and you know we've had some 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 really good battles with the the Lakers and and the Grizzlies that have been fun to watch. But I think this series has definitely been the most entertaining, um, and I hope we're not robbed of that for the remainder of it, but it feels like we might be. It's obvious that it's the most entertaining just by the numbers of people turning in. I mean, the broadcast averaged 7.5 million viewers and peaked with 10.4 million, right? And it was the most watched first round game since April 28th, 2002, when the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq played Portland Trailblazers. They got 8.5 million views. People love Steph Curry and people love the Lakers, right? That's why in my, you know, in the back of my mind, like, the NBA wants Lakers Golden State. Like oh, that's who definitely. you want. They now, definitely want that. They want that. And Sacktown so fans want <laughs> Sacktown fans want the Lakers too to, yep. to to brush off those demons of 2002 and Tim Donahue and whatnot and that series that has been in, you know, living rent-free in their minds forever. So I I hope it goes 7. Um I it, I think it all depends on DeAaron Fox and like can they need Everybody else to step up. There needs to be big games from Sabonis. Yeah. There needs to be big games from from Monk and the rest of those guys. But you're right. That has been the most fun series. Yeah. Minus, minus that uh, Hemi Butler game. Thank Woo. God that they're calling him Hemi Butler because it goes great with what we talked about. Thank you for everybody that reached out to give their version of what him means That's and funny. who who him is. But yeah. Hemi Butler is a great nickname. Uh, I don't want to move game, on yet, though. Hold on. Oh, I don't oh, want to go. Are we, we don't want to. I don't want to move yet because. Oh. I, before we move, I want to talk to you about all of the different things that have happened since the Draymond Green suspension after he steps on Sabonis in game two, gets suspended from game three. 
the rest of the league was like, oh, cool. Let's see if I can step on somebody or kick somebody as soon as Draymond got suspended. So I just want to do this real quick because I think it's an interesting thing for us to review, right? Draymond steps on Sabonis, uh, ejection, and then suspension. While we were recording the last podcast, uh, Joel Embiid literally kicks from the ground, kicks up at Nicholas Claxton, makes him fall down, doesn't get ejection or suspended. Uh, but in that same game, James Harden tries to go by somebody and brushes, I mean, kind of, you know, brushes slash punches the nuts of uh, of who was it? It was, um, was it O'Neal? Was it O'Neal? Oh, it could have been Royce, yeah. I think it might have been Royce O'Neal. <laughs> brushes the nuts of Royce O'Neal. He gets ejected, but no suspension. And then you have Dylan Brooks full-on punch LeBron James in the nuts, which is a repeat offense, same season repeat offense. For Dylan Brooks, uh, Brooks punching people in the nuts. They did it with Donovan Mitchell not, uh, just a few months ago. He gets ejection, no suspension. And then DeJounte Murray bumps a ref, gets suspended even after the game. So all of that has happened since Draymond has done his thing where he stomps on Sabonis, gets suspended. Mm-hmm. And the only player, and all of those things that I mentioned could be easily seen as, as egregious as what Draymond Green did. The only player that gets suspended out of all of that is DeJounte Murray, rightfully so, because you can't you can't chest bump a ref at the end of the game like that. That was stupid. But it's it's worth noting, and I want your take on like you talked a little bit about the, the refereeing in the Clippers and Sun series, but just generally, how do we not have a grip, a better grip on what is an ejection, what's a suspension? And how is Draymond being treated so differently? It's Again, crazy. it's I think it just goes down to history. You know, I think it goes with your. Well, that's my sheet. point with the Dylan Brooks thing. Okay, no, you know, Dylan he Brooks was suspended. Be he out. was he was suspended after he punched uh, Donovan Mitchell in the. They nuts. fought afterwards. They too, did though. fight afterwards. Mm-hmm. They did. That's what I was going to say. They fought. They, they you know it carried on after that, but mm-hmm. there wasn't really punches thrown because everyone just jumped on each other and 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 kind of squashed it real fast. It looked oh. a lot more physical than it was. Uh, but there wasn't really any punches or, or connections because everyone just kind of landed on each. It was a dog pile. Don, Donovan I just wanted this. That's not though. a suspension. That's a repeat offense. How is that not a suspension? I mean, look, Drew, it's the gray area that for whatever reason, we yeah. can't come up with like a, a legit line in the sand of what that is. Right. And hopefully that this summer when they review all of this stuff, there is a line drawn in the sand. Right. And, and I do think history plays a part in it. And I cannot wait to talk about Dylan Brooks in a minute. What Dylan Brooks is doing is just absolute nut nut punches are belong nowhere. I'm fine with shit talking. I'm fine with scuffles yeah. and stuff like that. But there are some certain that you don't undercut anybody and you don't hit anybody in the nuts. Two of those, those are fighting, those are fighting offense. And maybe you don't drop kick somebody in the chest, Draymond. But I do think uh history plays a part of it. I think it was you know, DeJounte Murray should be so happy that that Trey Young hit that shot last night or that whole series would have been blamed on him and being a dumbass, right? You have to be smarter in these situations, DeJounte. Like bumping a referee, you know you're going to get suspended. And he went on his live last night like, yo, they tried to cheat me. God is good. Satan's a lie. And I'm like, bro, you fucked up. Like, at what point did you, like, who's cheating you? There's nobody cheating you. You're cheating yourself and your team by putting yourself in the position to do that. And now he did, he was transparent and saying, you know, I was frustrated. Uh, We had, they all had something that happened earlier in the season between that referee and whatnot. But I will say this, Drew, tonight, uh, Sacramento, Golden State, Tony Brothers is refereeing the game. The staff that's on this game tonight 
is one is the best, if not the best crew that you can have. Tony, bro, if you look at their fouls called, like I think Tony Brothers uh, in the last game that he did was forty two. It was split on the fouls. Most of these guys are split for both ways. They don't put up with any shit. Tony Brothers is the is the referee that. I think who is he cussing at? He's like, you're a bitch made motherfucker. You remember when he, he even got suspended? Don't you remember this? This happened this year. He's like, stop being a bitch, motherfucker. Right? Nice. You bet he did. Tony Brothers just puts up with no shit. And I think that's why the players <laughs> vote him. Like Draymond loves this guy because he's like Tony's like Tony's <laughs> Tony keeps homie. it real. Tony keeps it real. But he also calls a great game. There's a reason why you're a crew chief this many times being in the finals and being in the playoffs. Right. There's a reason why some of these referees are there at this time. So I think this this game specifically is going to get uh, refereed well. Um, and you're right, though. Like, we don't know. Just like we don't know how to vote for MVP or <laughs> like any. We don't know how to do any of that. What's the criteria? Uh, but right. to answer your question, I think history has everything to do with that. Dur- Dylan Brooks should have been tossed. Dylan Brooks should be out of the series. Let's let's go. Can we talk about that series? Yeah, I just I want to say that Dylan Brooks definitely should have been suspended, right? If if the if the criteria for what Draymond Green did mm-hmm. has to do with previous actions, mm-hmm. so does this. This is the exact same thing he did to Donovan Mitchell this fucking season, mm-hmm. not seasons past. This year. And I don't understand how Draymond gets suspended and 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 Brooks doesn't. You, I could argue. I think it, at first, I think Embiid, Embiid should have been ejected for the kick. I think Harden should not have been ejected, uh, and I think Brooks should have been ejected rightfully, like he was, and suspended. And I'm cool with Dejounte. But let's move on. If I don't ever have to hear the phrase "poke the bear." Again, I'll be perfectly fine. It's so great. Some again, Drew, tap ourselves on the back. I think. You know, I'm not saying people ripped us, but like we've been talking about poking the bear. It's yeah. been like the basis of a lot of our conversations. And and we, you know, we see how important it is. And now it's just like Dylan made the worst mistake by poking the biggest bear in the NBA. And um, it makes me so happy. So like people ask, have been asking me like who I'm going to root for going on. Number one, I don't want to see Memphis win at all. I'm rooting for the Lakers. <laughs> I, I what what the Lakers have done. Uh, the turnaround that they have had this whole year is uh, very admirable. Uh, and also, like, I want to be selfish in some of my takes. And the Lakers and LeBron going to another NBA final and possibly winning a chip just puts a feather in my hat with LeBron as the GOAT. And watching that game the <laughs> other night, you see why he is so good. And maybe, you know, Dylan Brooks, D- Dylan Brooks doesn't... Dylan you know, Bricks works. Dylan also. Bricks. Dylan Bricks. Well, let's talk about Dylan Bricks. I want to I bring up some stats. Look, most of the time, it's always the loudest dude in the room that is the softest, all right? <laughs> Normally, it's that guy. And we're seeing from Dylan Brooks. I would have more respect for Dylan Brooks if this guy would would he's left the media room twice to not talk to the media. After he makes these comments, he leaves because he doesn't want any of the smoke, right? I want to give you Dylan Brooks numbers for the playoffs, all right? 34 points. He's last in the playoffs. Yeah. Field goal percentage, 32.5, second to last. Rebounds, seven, tied for last. Assists, five, third to last. Steals, one. Tied second to the last. Blocks, zero. Tied for last. Wind shares, negative 0.2. Tied for last. Ejections, uh, tied for the most. All right? Dylan Brooks has done shit this series, right? And, you know, a lot of times the things that we say come back and bite us in the ass. So, poking the bear, like we mentioned with John Morant months ago when I'm not scared of the West, we said, <laughs> that's poking the bear, right? People are going to fucking remember that, mm-hmm. right? And... 
what Dylan Brooks did is just give like like Kobe and like Michael, when you give these people a little bit of motivation, like a little reason to show up and like kick your ass, that's what I'm going to do. And so you don't respect anybody that gets 40, like Shaq said, 20 and 20 is 40, bro. And you just got, you just got served Mm -hmm. and you need to, your words need to be held accountable. You need to speak to the media. You can't just dip out and say, I'm out, I'm out when shit, when shit ain't sweet, but you're ready to talk some shit when you win a ball game. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's come out in the media this week that like they they were they they want to move on from Dylan Brooks already. He yeah. I don't think he's going to be on the Grizzlies next year. I and they from whatever reason, they tried to move him at all star break or at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. They're trying to get rid of him. This guy is costing himself millions of dollars because we've been on this show. We have said during the season that shit, man, I don't like Dylan Brooks, but I, I could probably use him on my team. I'd mm-hmm. like him on my team. Right. All this extra shit, I want no parts of him, right? At least Pat Beverly will show up and bust his ass for you and talk to the media afterwards. You know what I mean? Um, so to to not take away from what the Lakers have been doing, you're up for – you have a huge game here in 30 minutes to get rid of uh, Memphis, for them to be a first-round exit. Do you blow it up, Memphis? Are they going to blow <laughs> it up with a first-round exit? Um, I'm rooting for the Lakers tonight. I think they're going to close it out tonight. Uh, I think Jaw's injury is bothering him a lot. Look, and Jaw needs to be better too. Like Jaw just really needs to be better too. He's been playing really well, but this guy's gonna get fucking hurt. We've said it <laughs> since he came into the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought LeBron did great. That final shot was amazing to get yeah. to get him to OT or to win. Was it to win it or OT? No, it was to win. It was to win. That was the one to win. Uh, he's been brilliant. He's been great. And. Uh, your boy uh, built different. Vanderbilt finally had a good game. And, you know, I think Clips and Drew, with patting ourselves on the back, I think we either jinx people into being horrible or we jinx them into being the best player of the night because we talk shit about D'Lo and how bad Trey Young were last week and both of them. If you don't have D'Lo putting in that performance, uh, those yeah. those final three three-pointers, I don't think you win that game. No, you, absolutely. D'Angelo Russell finally woke up for about five minutes. Um, and it was a very vital five minutes for us because mm-hmm. uh, outside of that five minutes, including in that game, he was terrible. God awful. I texted the group chat. I was on one that night. I texted the group chat and I thought I thought the best thing that somebody could do to D- D'Angelo Russell is slap him across the face. Like, wake the fuck up. Where are you? He, anyway, his gameplay has been terrible. Huge, huge three pointers when we needed him. Nobody was scoring <laughs> and he just it, it, and they went in. And so bravo. D'Lo, I'm not going to uh, you know harp anymore. He knows how bad it's been. It's been historically terrible uh, as far as offensive numbers that he's been putting up in this series. Uh, it's up there with as bad as DeMar DeRozan was back when he was on the Raptors as far as shooting percentage goes. This is you know really, really bad stuff. So it was tremendous for him to do that. But I want to go back because after our podcast last, last week, um, the Lakers – uh, came out and put the the ultimate beat down on this Grizzlies team, thirty five to nine in the first quarter of Game Three, and that was the statement. That right there, I think I I think we broke their backs a little bit with that, and that was right after Dylan Brooks was talking shit. The crowd was all fired up. LeBron was fired up, and we just they it went crickets. It went dead silent. Nobody was chirping on that Memphis Grizzlies team. They felt the full wrath of what that, like the ramifications of what you say coming to slap you across the face, talking about slapping, slapping across the face. Um, 
but game three was it was a fantastic win. Jaw had a, a a really fun fourth quarter and you know, third fourth quarter where he scored twenty two straight points for the Memphis Grizzlies and and had a flurry to make it more interesting than it really was. That game was over after that first quarter. But uh, shout out to to Jaw even with his injury still kind of you know doing his thing. And it was you know the, the energy level from the Lakers defensively was not there, which is why it was so easy for Jaw to get those twenty two. I know everyone was like freaking out. They got twenty two straight. It's like yeah. We were done. The game was over <laughs> and right. he got 22 straight points, uh, made it a little tight buttholes in the end. But game four to me is the epitome of what this series is. And it was a slugfest. This was this was a physical, physical battle. Anthony Davis, uh, again, still not playing very well, uh, <laughs> to say the least. But at least in this game, he was he was tougher. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't game two where he was just getting lost in things and. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm, I, even though he's not shooting and scoring and all that stuff, I, he's battling and I can appreciate that. And a part of the reason why LeBron was able to get all of those rebounds is because Anthony Davis was also banging bodies in there and, and doing his best, uh, to gobble up, uh, you know, rebounds and, and take up space in there. And, and it was a team rebounding effort, even though LeBron ended up with, uh, the majority of the rebounds, uh, in, in game four. Um, but more than anything, the takeaway that I have from from game four is how important Austin Reeves is for this team. Um, LeBron was tremendous and, and, and rightfully so put, you know, put the star next to his name for that performance. But his scoring, similarly to Anthony Davis, was almost non-existent until the second half. And then really overtime is when he decided to be like, all right, fuck, like, well, I'm done fucking around. Like, I'm, I'm finally going to go buy Xavier fucking Tillman, who's been guarding me the whole game. Right. And you could have been doing this the whole game. Uh, but, you know, we won the game, so I'm not going to beat that dead horse into the ground any further. But the fact that the Grizzlies felt comfortable throwing Xavier Tillman on LeBron for almost the entirety of this game blows my mind. He should have, he could have had 40 points in this game. I think if he decided to do it a little differently, uh, but it worked out, he took over in, in overtime, but prior to that, everything was running through our little white boy, Austin Reeves. He was the, the, the motor for the offensive engine for this Lakers. And what I mean by that is just making fast decisions, moving the ball, attacking when he needs to kicking out, trying to do the right shots trying to score when he needed to mm -hmm. and being confident in playing. And yes, he made some errors and, and made some silly fouls and things like that. But uh, I, Darvin Ham has described that as, you know, uh, acts of aggression. And, and when you're going to be playing out there, he can tolerate mistakes of aggression uh, much more than he can mistakes of being lazy or being late. Uh, like D'Angelo Russell was doing a lot of the time, for instance. So Austin Reed is super important to this team. He's now starting, has been starting and and I think LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and honestly, the whole roster is like kind of fine with him doing that. I think that's been the surprising part, too, is like not only is he doing this, LeBron is like finding him and going like, here you go, like, go do your thing. And and then they're running pick and rolls with him in AD and getting him into the into the spots to be able to be the playmaker for this team, which is tremendous. And we don't win that game without his first half performance. Second half was 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 a little tougher, but. D'Lo, I, I already touched on best game, best performance so far, but even, even then it was only about five to 10 minutes of, of what we really need for him to be doing for us for an entire game for us to be successful. Yeah, because then he forward. fouls out and walks off. He knew he fouled out, went right yep. to the bench, and that was a wrap for him. Exactly. So it, it, it he just has yet to be locked in, in in this series. Even in those minutes where he was crucial hitting shots, he's, he's yet to be locked in to me. And I, I hope he can figure out, like, 
we need him to be locked in. We can't just have him be a ghost out there and missing shots that are wide open because a lot of shots he takes are wide open. Uh, and then as well, defensively, just making really poor decisions, being lazy and fouling when you shouldn't be fouling. Uh, but still, best performance. There's light at the end of the tunnel there. I think tonight should be another one where he he I would love to see him like energized. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to be fouling people, be be fouling people because you're overly aggressive in, in closing out. Not be dumb people. fouls. Right. <laughs> be, right. Be, be, hustle fouls is mm-hmm. what I want out of D'Angelo. Not like, oh, no, he got by me. I'll just try and foul him. And, and, and he did a, one of the dumb ones was that on that fast break, right? It's like, I was like, you gotta be, you gotta be shitting me, bro. Like just run back, do something. Don't foul. Like just be smarter, right? Be aware, wake up. Um, So look, I think we're, like I said, on the last one, we're going to win this series, Uh, whether it's tonight or, or the next night back in LA, I don't think it goes further than either of those games for sure. There's no game seven on the horizon here. Uh, I think Ja Morant's hand is hurt. I think, like mm-hmm. you said, it's hurt. Uh, I think Desmond Bain has been spectacular. <laughs> and I really, really like Desmond Bain. Um, I think Dylan Brooks has uh, really crippled this team. And it's showing. It's showing. And, you know, I think there was some questions about why they, the Grizzlies didn't try to do more at the, at the deadline. And I know that they were able to get Luke Kennard over, you know, in that, in that trade, which was really important. I think he's been really good for the Grizzlies yes. in this series. Uh, but it's time to like rely on Luke more because Dylan Brooks now essentially is, uh, is, a, is a zero on offense to the point where his own teammates are like not passing him the he's ball. He's a liability now. Yeah. And then defensively, he's still, he's still quite stout, right? And, and I think that he knows that he's got to do something to stay on the floor and, and, and tries to play really hard defense. But I think the Lakers have kind of figured it out as well. You saw what happened in that overtime where he just, you know, LeBron just took it straight to his chest and, and had that incredible and one finish. Uh, I don't think there's any hope left for this team. I think if there is hope, it resides like almost entirely on John Morant, as we saw, like when they've been playing as good as they have outside of the game that John Morant missed, uh, it's got to come from him. And I, you know, what's interesting is they don't do a whole lot of Tyus Jones and John Morant on the floor at the same time. It doesn't, but work. I do it doesn't that, work like yeah, that. There's not enough defense there, but, but when we have like Vanderbilt and Troy Brown on the court together, they could do something like that or have, you know, more jaw and Luke Kennard minutes because Troy Brown and, and Vanderbilt, while Vanderbilt had a great, great game and a great start to that game four, uh, he is not an offensive weapon and neither is Troy Brown. Like Troy, neither of those guys can score. And a lot of times we start with those guys or they're on the court together. I think Memphis can you know, take advantage of those opportunities because it's not like Vando or Troy is going to post up Kennard or post up jaw or Tyus. Uh, to me, I think that you get Brooks off the court. So you have another shooter out there, uh, at least offensively, another creator um, to get more buckets going. But I think when, when Brandon, similarly to like when, when, Paul George uh, injury kind of in my mind ended the Clippers season or ended their chance of really being a contender for a championship. Brandon Clark going down with a torn Achilles and them not being able to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we replace those minutes and no Steven Adams as well has been, has been, you know, the death knell here uh, on top of Dylan Brooks, just not having to poke the bear. Fucking poke the bear. It's the last time we say that um, moving forward really quick. I have for sure on this show just not given 
Jimmy Butler as props. And it just seems like that game the other night was something out of like a movie, right? And we've seen this happen with Jimmy. We saw it happen with Jimmy in the bubble. We see it happen with him in almost every playoff game. This guy single-handedly takes over a basketball game. And I I still don't understand defensively what they were doing, (laughs) Milwaukee with Jimmy, but that game was something so special. And the way that game was won, you know, with three, with, with two threes from a guy that's not a good three point shooter, uh, that was just heat checking himself coming off of that last year where he was one three point shot away from, you know, ending the Celtics. Right. And it was just something beautiful to watch. Now Miami's up three, one, and uh, I still think Milwaukee's going to get another one i still think out of all the three ones that are going on yeah. i think milwaukee's the one that they can actually win this series uh because i still for whatever reason don't have faith in miami but after that game there's something about just jimmy butler and how you know w- when we talk about the greats when we've talked about the greats one of the things i always bring up is like when the lights are on does this guy perform right and it seems like he does it every single time i've it's very lebron-esque during those that Cle- you know those cleveland years uh making those finals runs where it's like shit lebron just puts the whole squad on his back and will win this game ask the toronto raptor fans how many times this guy did it to him you know and uh, just what Jimmy did. And then, at, you know, I feel I want to slap myself sometimes because I'm like, that's why he should have been on my all NBA team. That's yeah. an all NBA player that makes all NBA plays. It's the right play. He he do, he does make the right play. He heat checks himself when he should heat check himself. And, and he, defends. he plays defense and too. he plays freaking defense, plays hard man. defense, man. And he plays almost the whole game yeah. <laughs> every freaking minute and the fact that he has the energy to play that uh Miami's got somebody really special and you kind of see now like why Minnesota players couldn't handle Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. I, like you I I just can't handle this guy he's too much he 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 plays too hard in practice he talks too much in the weight room like these are leaders man these are why why Kyle Lowry who's played with a lot of really great players wants to come play with a guy like Jimmy Butler so mm-hmm. uh, i i'll be sh- man i don't think i'll be shocked if if Miami wins being up 3-1 yeah. but damn that's going to be a little tough tough break for 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 uh Milwaukee minus you know uh, Giannis has been hurt yeah. And he's getting the 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 Theragun in the booty hole on the sideline. He's got to be hurting. That back's got to be hurting. It's hurting. But I'm I'm expecting a big win tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Jimmy's performance is is historic, right? It's it's one of the whatever top 8 scoring performances of all time in the playoffs. Uh number 1 for Miami. Number 1 for Miami for sure. This is the greatest mm-hmm. playoff game ever ever achieved by an individual player for the Miami heat in the history of the franchise. Uh, that's that the reason why I think we're, we're all pointing to uh, not being shocked. If Milwaukee comes back down three, one is because they, that took 56 points from Jimmy Butler to claw that game out. Right. And they, while, while we understand Jimmy is fantastic and his scoring record in this series in particular has been phenomenal. We also do have a track record of when Jimmy does this. Adam Lefko brought this up, I think, on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. 
he only averages like 22 points a game after because he because he exhausts himself mm-hmm. in doing that. He plays so balls to the wall. And I think he saw that as a real opportunity. That's a veteran right there that goes, hey, let's 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 really push the gas pedal in this game here. Go up three one. Yeah, we might lose tonight and be you know three two, but we're coming home again. We're going to ha- we're going to have game six and our building up three, two, and then I can try and recharge and reload and, and do another one of those performances. Now, the other reason that I think we doubt Miami is because while that happened, very few people were able to step up other than Jimmy Butler. And that has been the case since a hero has gone down. I still think Spolstra doesn't know how to unlock Bam out of bio or for whatever reason, he's just not not uh, in his in his scoring mode or I don't know if he needs to get better. What? Whatever it is, but Bam should be better statistically than he seems to be outputting in this series. Don't you agree? Yeah, but I mean, they're getting some from, I mean, we're, we're seeing Duncan Robinson get some buckets. We're seeing yep. Gabe Vincent play really well. I mean, they have to. There's nobody else, right? They're, yeah, they're, that's, they're, that's kind of my point. Is, right. Is, like, let's just take a look at the box score here. Uh, Adebayo had 15 and 8. Right. And that's kind of status quo for him. Mm-hmm. Like to me, how is he not to the 22, 25 points per game in these big crucial moments? And I understand Milwaukee's bigs are no easy task. To They're overcome. bigs. Yeah. They're real you, bigs. You, you, and I get it. Right. That's not easy. But Bam usually eats those kind of Brooke Lopez, especially kind of eats, should be eating him for lunch. Right. I know Brooke Lopez is a fantastic defensive player, but Bam's. Uh, ability to put the ball on the floor and get by and be quick and and athletic usually gets him by those guys. Uh, and I and like I said, I still don't think um, Spolstra has fully understood or how to unlock Bam. And and maybe that's just because he doesn't trust Bam uh, because he's had a kind of a, a shaky offensive season and there hasn't been that improvement, that continuous improvement on his what I've been asking for his 20 foot jump shot. If you can start knocking down 20 foot, 15 foot elbow, top of the key jumpers, that just gives one pump fake dribble to the rack available much more freely and all the time when you got to try to get guarded one on one. You're Especially, talking about Bam, Bam getting a 15 footer. Bam. Yeah. So if he if they took a page out of DeAndre Ayton's book, right, if yeah. they can get him to those spots. Ex- yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think see like DeAndre is easier because he can just roll at seven feet. He can roll the basket, just get up and, and yam at home. And Bam is only six nine or whatever, so it's not as easy. But he's super athletic, right? And and the pick and roll, I think, is still uh, something that Bam can play within. But even still, like there's just these chances where he should be getting the ball and and almost having a clear out at times to be able to give him the space to get around the big boys that are trying to be guarding him. Uh, but look. Bam had 15. The next highest scorer in this game is Cody Martin with 12. That's what I was thinking about. Sorry. Cody Martin with 12, who hit a, a huge shot. But mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Vincent with 10, and, and then nobody else got into double digits. You know what I'm saying, Clips? That, to me, is why I think everyone's like, okay, this is still a series. Nobody's saying this is over because Giannis, yes, he's hurt, uh, but, you know, time heals all wounds as they say and i think the time more time that they can allow for Giannis to heal up and and to be out and 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 uh and playing and they're going home right they're going home and they have the home court advantage as far as like you know they just got to keep winning here right and, and game seven will be in in milwaukee if they can force it there still but, hard to win three in a row though dog very hard it's very very hard to do i mean that's why it's only ever happened what like 13 times in nba history or whatever down down three one um but I still think it's it's very achievable because 
I don't see Jimmy Butler doing 56 again. Right. I think he get I think he could probably get to 50, maybe, maybe 40s again. I don't see it happening again. If it, I if don't it see does, it happening I'm shocked. Again. I, yeah. And it was just one of those incredible performances. And I, I, you know, I, I picked Milwaukee to kind of roll in this series. And I thought it was going to be that way, even without Giannis on the court. And that's, that's maybe the biggest attribute that Jimmy Butler has is like when he's counted out, like the way that most of us are like, Miami's terrible. They're not going to win this series. When he's counted out, he goes, no, 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 no. Hold on one, one that's, goddamn second. That's because that's his whole, like he embodies that through his whole life. He's been counted out his whole life, right? Like Jimmy Butler's story is incredible. Yeah. And just the fact that he's in this position right now, I just don't, I, I personally, as a basketball fan and doing a podcast, I don't give him enough props, man. Yeah. That's we, fair. It's it, and I wish I did. I wish because watching that the other night, it's one of those games that I'm always going to remember. I've seen plenty of 50 point games, dog. But that one in particular was something really special. Well, so l- let me talk about what Milwaukee needs to do, though, because it's not going to just be something where they fall over, as we've as we've outlined here. Milwaukee is going to have to win these games. The, Miami ain't going to just lay down. They might lay down in this one. It's possible that they get blown out in this game. They have of, in this series by, by a it's lot. It's possible that this is another blowout. But the right. series itself will not just be somewhere where they can just expect to win, as we've talked about. And you got a box in one, Jimmy Butler. This is this is very simple. It's and and you know, I think a lot of people, including us, over the years, have questioned the you know the strengths of Mike Budenholzer as a head coach, right? And and adjustments is definitely not one of those strengths. <laughs> uh, he does not make very very uh, many in-game adjustments. He usually sticks to whatever recipe that he has going and that's what it's going to be right even to the death right even even in in a loss he kind of just sticks with his status quo but when you're looking out especially in that last game and you're seeing jimmy butler just score all these points and nobody else is in double digits how do you not do the steph curry treatment and you go box and one I mean, Mike Brown is implementing it on the Kings from time to time when Steph gets hot. He goes, okay, we're going to do boxing one. Davion Mitchell, you're on Steph. We're in a zone around the box, around the free throw line for the rest of the players. And it works at times. Just fucking throw something different at Jimmy Butler. Double, triple team his ass if you have to, to get the ball out of his hands to get somebody else to shoot the fucking rock. But to me, that's something that when if Jimmy happens to be going off again in this game or in, in subsequent games in this series, Throw a simple box in one and see what the hell can happen. Or just when you, when Drew's getting cooked by him, yeah. like constantly cooked, just throw Switch. another face at him. Yeah, all right? exactly. And yeah. Drew is an amazing defender. But when you're getting cooked, being able to recognize Jimmy's six eight, man. Jimmy's six eight. Drew's like six three on well, a then good put day. Giannis on him, man. Put yeah. your best guy on him. Middleton, That's fine. I would right. Middleton too. He's not I'm a bad defender. It. Um, real quick, we you know, Knicks are up 31 26 right now in this Cleveland game. Another, you know, like Jimmy Butler, another team we haven't talked enough about. Yeah. And it's like the Knicks are like the Sacramento Kings of the of the East right now because the <laughs> fan base is going crazy. Very fired up. They are so fired up. The uh it's it's been a crazy week for them. We kind of both have, you know, this is the great thing about the playoffs, man. Is 
playoffs, we talk about it. The game slows down. Certain players get exposed. Teams get exposed, right? Like we loved, I loved the Cleveland in the regular season. I really did. Like, fuck, they have so many weapons, right? Defensively, offensively. And then you get exposed in the playoffs. And it's like, okay, what Cleveland has is Donovan Mitchell and, and Garland, who are both really great guards and can score at a high clip when needed. But, but, uh, New York has just been playing so well and Brunson's been amazing for them. And they're they, Julius hasn't even been playing well. We had a great game by RJ Barrett. Like these guys are coming to play and, and the tone has been set by Tibbs and by Josh Hart and by Jalen Brunson, who has been absolutely phenomenal. He's proved all of us wrong, not necessarily wrong. We just didn't expect this, right? It's working. Knicks fans are stoked. If, if Donovan Mitchell has a little better, better of a game the other night, he, he stunk the court up the other night. I'm expecting him to play better tonight, but like, I think Cleveland's dead in the water now too. The Knicks are looking at a second round berth drew. Oh, definitely. Knicks are winning this series. Yeah. Uh, 3-1 is one thing, you know, when you have Giannis on your team, it's another when you don't, right? Uh 3-1, and especially against a team like the Knicks, they are clicking right now. Jalen Brunson not only is outplaying Donovan Mitchell, he's the best player in the series. Mm -hmm. And they're doing this, Julius Randle, as you you mentioned, 15 points a game for Julius Randle in the series. It's been bad. Those are BAM numbers, like you're mentioning. Exactly. And Julius is, you know, I had him on my third team all NBA because I had different parameters. Everyone, I don't have to do all that again, but a lot of people were out from my list. So I was, you know, scrounging around and Julius had a great season this year statistically. Uh, I think it was like 23 points a game and and close to 10 or 11 rebounds, Uh, shooting 36% from the field in this game. And and like Bam, uh, Julius has to deal with uh, a pretty stout. Front court, right? You got you got Allen and you got uh, Mobley. That's tough. That's tough to go through, right? We we know that. But still, playing like shit, and the Knicks are <laughs> are, are are doing this thing. Now, Donovan Mitchell's performance in the last game is really kind of shocking, but it does show uh, how much pressure this Knicks team is able to put on their opposition defensively. And Josh Hart, to me, is. I mean, it, it, his his last name has always resonated with me, Josh Hart. I, I, I was an immediate fan of him in Villanova. I was so stoked when the Lakers got him. And he's bounced around the league, surprisingly to me, because I think he's such a valuable player, even though, yes, statistically, he doesn't always you know, jump off the page. Uh, but when you just watch him play, I think he found finally a home that will appreciate him and will, and will stick with him and pay him because as long as Thibodeau is there, Josh Hart will be there. I don't see another player um, fitting the mold better for Tibbs than Josh Hart. We've, we've talked about that. But th- just the way that he plays the game of basketball is completely unselfish. He wants to rebound. He wants to pass. He wants everyone to score. He wants the team to win. And he's the heart of this team. And he's only been on the team for a couple months. Uh, but the brains in the, in, of the team is, is Jalen Brunson, if you will. He's a coach's dream, Josh Hart, that we're talking yeah. about. He's the guy that every coach would want. Two things happened in that last game where Josh Hart, you hear him mic'd up, tell Tibbs, hey, if you need me to go 48, I'll go 48, yep. right? What yep. else? Can you, then he tells Mitchell Robinson, their big man, hey, you get rebounds, I get rebounds that matter. That's the what you right. Think about it though. Like that's what I want. I exactly. want that player on my team. I, I I saw what the Knicks did to get Derrick Rose off the bench. The the standing ovation they got for mm-hmm. Derrick Rose. Josh Hart is perfect. These fans are primed. They are ready for uh, a, a a run. 
And I don't know how far that run's going to be. I think getting over Cleveland, we were both really excited about this series. I'm a little yeah. underwhelmed with Cleveland. It's pretty crazy how like they could actually use Kevin Love right now. And Kevin Love was just given away. That's and free. I, for, for whatever reason, yeah. um, I expected more from Cleveland. I'm stoked on the Knicks. I uh, would love to see more from them. Like, I think I'm rooting for them in the East right now. Like, I want to see them do well. No skin in the game again. I don't want to see Giannis be put out by Miami. I really don't want to see that. I, I would love see- to see him try to get through this Knicks team. I, I what even if it's Miami or if it's Milwaukee, the Knicks have a fighting chance 100% because mm-hmm. of their defense, right? And, and, Defense wins championships really rings true, right? This is, this is, I mean, that has to be, if, if Tib, if Tibbs ever gets a tattoo, it's gotta be defense wins championships. Um, and so if it's Miami, if it's Milwaukee, whoever it is in the next series, it'll be a very fun physical series. And I understand that, 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 you know, the entertainment value of a series like the Kings and Warriors, where there's not a whole lot of like slow it down physicality is much higher. But when you're watching basketball as a basketball, like fan or aficionado, I love watching the Knicks and uh, play and, and, and the way that they're able to dismantle teams is so impressive to me, but you touched on it. The Cavs could have used Kevin love. The Cavs could use any wing right now. Uh, I, w- one of the guys that you gave your flowers to Agbaji for the Utah jazz would be great on this mm. team. I, I'll go back and I'll say it again. Cause I Good said call. it then Cleveland should have held on to Agbaji and given up one of these other guys in that trade to get Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland need fucking help offensively. And especially against the worst matchup for them, this Knicks team, because their ball pressure, the Knicks pressure, the ball handlers and the shooters way more than most uh, NBA defenses do. And when that happens, you need outlets that can score. And right now, all they have as an outlet is hopefully one of the big guys standing underneath the rim. That's able to put it in the basket. It's not Karis Levert. No, Karius Levert is doing well. I think he's doing well. I mean, look, he's their third leading scorer. He's averaging right. close to 15, 16 points a game. Uh, but that's the point that I'm making. Is it, 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 Karius Levert is nice. He, he should be a nice uh, kind of Malik Monk, uh, come off the bench and do your thing and let's you know kind of gaslight the, the second unit and get some points in there. You need starters that can shoot the damn ball. And this is where, unfortunately, Evan Mobley really has hit the skids this year. Uh, he needs to work on his confidence in jump shooting. I remember watching him at USC and being like, the flow looks nice. The form looks nice. Like this should be no problem. I think he's going to be a very, very good, competent shooter, jump shooter from the mid range and maybe potentially NBA three over the course of his career. And he's still very young. And I assume he will be that before, you know, he hangs up the boots. Uh, But right now it's being exposed because he's terrible. He's averaging 10 points a game on, uh, 47% field goals. That sounds nice. It's not very nice. Yeah. And we say it all the time here. Like that's something you can work on. You could spend a summer working on that. You just got to get your, you got to get your confidence up, getting yeah. a him, a jump shot. Like you were just mentioning about Bam and bio, but Bam's been in the, in the league a little bit longer. I think Evan could be virtually unstoppable if he can get a little, it very like Chris boss, boss, Bosch ish. You know yeah. what I mean? If he can get that kind of game going for him and, you know, learning to play with a new superstar and Donovan Mitchell, it takes time. This shit doesn't happen overnight. It's no. cute during the regular season. The records are great and all, but even like, look, man, we're seeing with the Lakers 13th place, right? <laughs> and they're going to walk into the second round. The playoffs mean everything and how you perform in the playoffs. It doesn't happen overnight. So yeah, uh, here's the, here's the last piece about, about Cleveland though. They signed Dean Wade uh, to an extension. That 
has not worked thus far in the playoffs. He's only played in two of the games for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. They let Kevin Love go. They keep Okoro and Chetty Osman, and they let Agbaji go. And uh, they bring in Danny Green. You got to do better than that. I'm sorry. I think it's Kobe Altman is the GM there. I think uh, you got you to gotta be doing better than that on the wing. And to me, a guy that would have made a shit ton of sense for this team is Luke Kennard. And I don't know how much they were in on the Clippers conversations to get Luke. He's an Ohio guy. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been mm-hmm. that would have been just, you know, chef's kiss for mm-hmm. this Cleveland Cavaliers team to get an, a legitimate guy who can actually shoot the fucking ball. Well, we could they could have had three of them. They could have looked at Rocco, Marcus Morris yes. and Luke Kennard. We, I'm sure we would have been open to all, any of those. Yes. And, and the fact that they not only did they not do any of those things, they did, they did nothing. They just brought in Danny Green and that's not great. You know, Danny Green's a good player. He's had a great career, but you know, that's, that's not what you need right now. So unfortunately for them, it's, it's a, it's okay. I mean, they're going to lose this series, but it's okay because they are so young, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're a very young team. They're going to be getting better. And it's year one with D Mitch and, and Garland. And I look forward to hopefully many years of watching that backcourt like really flourish. Those guys are great. Those two guys are great. Donovan Mitchell shit the bed. It happens, but uh, I, I want to see more seasons of this and hopefully those guys can get a wing that can, that can be good. Right. Like, I don't know, man, there's, there's, it seems like there's a lot of wings that could be able to, to do better than what the wings are providing them with right now, including Okoro. Um, but that's gotta be their number one uh, in the off season. And then maybe a backup center, or, or stretch five, right? That that would be the if if Mobley's not going to stretch, let's try and get you know somebody who's who's pretty tall who can shoot. <laughs> All right, so one that we haven't touched on much. There's two that we haven't touched on much. We're going to do it really quick. We got Boston and Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, Trey Young hit the game winner last night. That was a crazy game too. Uh, I, I really think Boston shit the bed. They could have closed this out at home, gotten an uh, an injured Embiid right now. He has a sprained knee as well. Sprained knees are going through the uh, through mm-hmm. the the NBA, I guess. And but you know what? A sprained knee can mean a torn meniscus, torn ACL. We really don't know what sprained knee means because that's what Kawhi Leonard had. So Boston really shit the bed on that. Um, Trey Young, after having a pretty poor playoffs he's shooting better and whatnot but i thought he was playing hero ball at the end there he was just jacking up these long threes Mm -hmm. shots that i they weren't good shots to me you know like when dame takes those shots okay when steph takes those shots okay for whatever reason it's just they're not good shots for trey young but the misconception that trey young is some fantastic three-point shooter is crazy to me because he's not and um but he was last night and he he did the you know chili ice tray thing. Mm-hmm. It was a big win for them without a Dejounte Murray. I want to give them some props, but I really think Boston messed up a really great opportunity to go into Philly and try to get a, at least one game without Embiid, possibly two. We don't know how injured he is, but uh, we still think that Boston's winning this series. Correct? Yeah, Boston is so much better than this Hawks team. It's they fucking are. crazy. They are. I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I think this may be an issue for the Celtics, right? Like where, you know, I, the, the, the kind of closeout mentality that they've had in past years is not nowhere to be found in this series. And maybe, maybe they're just playing with their food, right? That, that age old saying is uh, one of the, one of the broadcasters uses that a lot on ESPN. I can't remember who it is. Johnson, I think it uh, uses it, but um, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, uh, 
they think they're just going to win. I think they kind of know they're going to win the series. Um, you can't but, have that mentality though. Like champions that's what I'm saying. That's, that. that's, that's my point is like, mm-hmm. I, that's surprising to me, especially as you mentioned with an opportunity to begin the second round with a banged up Philly team. Harden's also banged up, right? Like Harden's not a hundred percent as it is right now. And who knows whether or not Joel Embiid will be ready to, to go. And you just have to, you've got to take advantage of those moments when you can't. And if they get into this second round against Philly, as we all assume will be, I mean, Philly's already through, we know that, but as we assume that they will, the quicker, the better for them is because, you know, Philly is really dependent upon Harden and Embiid and Embiid being the number one. Tyrese Maxey can, can squeak out a hell of a performance from now and again, but he's not going to beat the Celtics by himself. And the truth of the matter is Tatum had a shit game. Uh, in that game, Marcus uh, Smart made Young's, some dumbass plays at the Marcus end. Marcus Smart has been playing terribly the whole mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just they're just better. Like I, I think that's why we don't cover it, even though it's been <laughs> it's been closer, I guess, than than we assumed. But it, it's just one of those things where like this team is not better. <laughs> the Hawks are not better than the Celtics, so they shouldn't they shouldn't do this to themselves. Uh, and look, you know, Trey Young having that boost of confidence. Um, his dad, Ray Young, his dad came out and tweeted that Quinn Snyder is the best thing that's happened to Trey since he was picked in the lottery. Uh, so that's fantastic. We'll see. I mean, it's only it's always a honeymoon stage with with Trey, and we'll, hopefully, it's longer than my honeymoon was uh, for Quinn, or else he'll be spinning around in his chair and on the way out by next season. Uh, but with Trey having that much confidence coming off of that win, who knows what's going to happen? Why is Trey is Trey Murray, happy? Is Trey huh? happy because he just has the ultimate green light and he just yeah. gets to shoot whenever he wants to shoot? Because it looks like they have no offense, man. It, to me, it just looks like there is no offense. It's yeah, just, but I mean, he scored 38 points and he, you know, he did it. I mean, there's nothing else to say about that performance from him specifically mm-hmm. is he won that game for them in a game where they didn't have their second best player in DeJounte Murray. So the, anything can happen in game six, right? Because if the if the Celtics go out with this mentality of like, uh, I mean, they're going to lay down. They're not going to lay down in game six. You might get them to lay down in game seven. Uh, but Marcus Smart's got to play, play better. Derek White has been having a great season uh, and postseason so far, as well as Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. They just they got to finish this out. I think what we what I want to talk about though is the Sixers Celtics matchup quickly. If if there's no Embiid, this should be another quick series for the Celtics. Like how could if there's no Embiid, the 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 Celtics should roll. It could maybe even a sweep here because the Sixers have nothing nothing to come out them with. Yeah, I mean if that happens, but I we don't know what's going to happen with Embiid. Right. For all we know, Embiid's going to be playing. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I and think- that's my hope. My hope is I don't want to see a blowout four game sweep uh, for the Celtics. I would love to see Embiid because he he to me it's kind of like um, if we would have gotten the Nuggets Warriors series, right? To me, it's kind of a similar uh, dynamic between these teams where you have a powerhouse center on one side and another the other side doesn't really have a center, right? They have they have guys that jump around and, and guys that are relatively big, but there's no answer. For Joel Embiid, I mean Al Horford can put in a shift, and 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 uh, Rob our guy, our guy Rob Williams can put mm-hmm. in a shift for sure. But Rob Williams is like sixty pounds lighter than yeah. Than like Embiid. Luke Cornett's not going to come in there and do anything, right? Luke Cornett's <laughs> going to get on. He's going to be put on the ground. So yeah. I I want to see it because I think Embiid, the Celtics have no answer for Embiid, and the Sixers have no answer for Tatum and Brown. Is is the point that I'm trying to make? And I think that could be a really fun 
you know, dichotomy here. And, and from what I've seen, though, um, even if Joel Embiid plays, I still think I would pick the Celtics because they are a more complete team. They're a deeper team. And I think Joel Embiid accepts a double team way too much, way too, way too easily. Um, one thing that I was able to garner from watching Shaquille O'Neal play all those years is if you know a double team's coming, sometimes you got to go quick. You catch it and you rip before the double team has a chance to get there and you get to the free throw line or you get a nice quick dunk and it changes things. Uh, too many times Joel Embiid is comfortable catching the ball on the block or in the mid post and waits for the double team to come so that he can try and pick it apart. That's exactly what they want. They want to slow this down. They don't want Embiid to be able to go quick. I think he needs to do that more frequently in this series because they're going to have to send two all the time. And then, of course, Philly, uh, everyone else is going to have to make some shots, including P.J. Tucker. But I, I expect the Celtics to take it regardless. What do you think? I mean, I, I, are we talking Philly or Atlanta? No, no, Philly, Philly. We're we're well, assuming we're assuming. Well, let's not assume. I want to see. I want. They're going back to Atlanta, man. I want to see them make this a a three three tie. Go back to Boston. I'm not so sold on the Celtics, man. I saw some real dumbass plays at the end of that game by Marcus Smart that that are really concerning to me. Mm. And you know, if Trey Young's feeling himself, we know when Trey has it gets pulls like five games. He can do five games where he's just magical at times, man. That floater yeah. is something really special. I had mentioned his floater on this show a while back on how uh, how killer it is for him. They have a really good alley-oop game going. John Collins is not shooting well at all. I'm not sold on Atlanta at all. But we've seen this with Tatum in Boston a few times in the playoffs. Definitely, but but they're not going to lose both six and seven. Even if it goes to seven, Celtics are coming out of the series. I don't, I don't know yet. I'm not. I'm not so sold okay. on it. I mean, I, I'm just not well, there. If that's I'm not the case, sh- if that's the case, in Atlanta advances, then then Embiid can fucking sit for the first two games. <laughs> exactly. I just want to. That's I wanna so finish. boring. I want it to be Celtics and and. Well, and then six. we'll talk about it when when it gets there. So, <laughs> you don't want to predict it. You don't. I don't want to predict that. I'm, I'm already predicting that. Celtics beating the Sixers. How about that? I know. That? Like what the hell, Drew? You're already in the that? third round. You're I'm already... going into the third round because we want to talk Nuggets and Suns too, don't we? I just want to talk. We'll save Nuggets and Suns. Actually, it is Nuggets and Suns. We got to save some stuff for for the next show. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the, the games I'd, will be happening on the next. Show. I'd rather focus on the Nuggets <laughs> clinching and beating Minnesota. Minnesota out in the first round. Anthony Edwards was great. Uh, I I think Carl Anthony Towns did very well. I think at the end of the day, with Gobert playing a lot of time without Carl Anthony Towns, is kind of not really figured out how they all can play together. But we're seeing, like we had just mentioned about Devin Booker, we're seeing with Anthony Edwards, like how great this kid is. He is very good. He is going to be the cornerstone of this franchise if they don't f it up for whatever reason. He's going to he's up for that whole rookie extension coming here this season. They better give it to him every every single penny that he wants, give it to him cuz this kid is, is box office. He's good. Uh I'm not sold on the Gobert Carl Anthony Towns thing yet. I think they need more reps together. I think they need to figure it out. I also think they need to come to terms with the fact that they made a they made uh, a really bad decision with this. Like Gobert was not the answer. I think they could have use those picks and those players to figure out a better fit. I don't think they realize like how good Anthony Edwards is yet. Like it's not bigs that this guy needs. This guy needs like a solid, solid point guard. I like Mike Conley. I think he's great for the culture. Great for him. Uh, I just, they need some more pieces. It's another first round exit for, for Minnesota. It was another, I've said shit the bed seven times on this show already, but it kind of was that. 
Um, but it was Denver, man. This is where I think, you know, Joker was great last night. Another triple double. Jamal Murray was in his bag this whole series. We, you know, we we miss the fact that he hasn't played the last two playoffs because of that ACL and how just brilliant this kid is. He is so good. And the, the pieces with Aaron Gordon and the pieces with, you know, Michael Porter Jr. had a really big game the other night. Not la- I mean, he had a big game at the end of the game hitting big shots, but he was one for eight going into those big shots that he had. So uh, I think they have a lot of weapons when they're going to go see Phoenix. Uh, I think Phoenix is going to be tired, right? Like a little bit tired. And they're going to have um, to deal with the elevation. Altitude too. Can't, can't talk about Denver without the altitude. But Let's let's give props to Denver for closing it out like they should in mm-hmm. five in five games, right? And uh, you know, I just a, a a little tiny bouquet of flowers to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, the flowers go to Ant. I don't know if anybody else gets a flower. No, they don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody else gets a flower. But Anthony gets an, gets a flower. Gets a couple flowers. I mean, that was a spectacular entirety. I think. I mean, other than what he the first couple games, he wasn't so good. But since then, it was. Uh, just tremendous um he's he's next up man i think it's funny like if you looked at him and jaw and like zion i'd be taking him 10 out of 10 out of those mm, three guys that's you a fun one to ask it's it no but for real because he's built differently than those guys great athlete and a very physical body well well built guy um not fat like zion not too frail and like a bird like john moran who just gets in the air and you know, one of those ones is going to be, end up being a terrible fall for Jaws. You talked about oh, but LeBron. It was almost the one on LeBron. That was almost it. It that was, was like two. Game. He had two on LeBron. <laughs> I think I, I think it needs to be said to a lot of things coming in. Anthony Edwards coming into the NBA. A lot of there was a lot of question about his character and if he cared about basketball a lot. We had Matt Babcock on. That was one of the things that we discussed. There were things within his rookie year that were kind of suspect. We forget that he is 21 years old. Now, after yeah. they won that game, their, their only win of the series, Anthony Edwards didn't talk about himself. He talked about all of his teammates. That's all he mentioned. That's the sign of a leader, right? This guy's learning. This guy's growing. This is what happens when you're around like professionals, right? Yeah. And then you could tell last night when he, he took the final shot that could have won the basketball game for them. It was a deep three. It was a good look. It looked like it was right on target. It was just off. And then he immediately ran to the back. Now, I don't know if that's immaturity by not staying and congratulating the other team, or it was, it was that thing that built different thing where it's like, so frustrated with himself that he missed it. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl Anthony Towns was smiles all in the fourth quarter for whatever reason. He's smiling at foul calls. He's smiling, you know, at the free throw line. He's just a lot of like happy go lucky shit. Ants the guy that wants to win the basketball game. He was extremely frustrated. They lost. It was a good look. He took a good shot. It just didn't fall. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just excited to see his career continue. Right. Do we uh, want to see it with Minnesota? Do you want to see it continue there? We don't have a choice. I don't right. think he's going to be there until, uh, you know, the seven years is up, right? Like that's just, that's most guys that are drafted at that position stay with the team for seven years based on the the contracts and the money. And Minnesota, while they're dumb enough to trade for Rudy Gobert, they're not dumb enough to trade away. Anthony right. Edwards. Uh, when you look around and he's the, he's probably the most talented 21 year old we have in the league. Yes. Uh, and I don't think that's close. So he is, um, a special, special talent. And, and 
yeah, there was questions about his character. And, and I think a lot of that has been squashed. I'd say, you know, still at times he says some things like about he's chips a kid. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just got to take that with it with some with some grains of salt and go like he's 21. Just keep remembering that he's 21 and he hasn't been caught in the strip club and he hasn't been caught, you know, doing any of these crazy things off the court. No, like some he, of the did, other guys. He, did, he did say some foul things on Instagram live that one time he did. And he right. I think he was uh, reprimanded for that and apologized mm-hmm. for it. And, and I don't think he said it again, at least not on Instagram live. Right. Uh, but I yeah, I, I love watching Anthony Edwards play. Uh, I think you're right, though. If they can try and keep Conley there, mm-hmm. um, maybe you can do something in the offseason with trading Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that's just something that's got to be put out there. I don't know what or who, uh, but there's a potential there to to really fill out the roster and just like, you know, if you're going to if you if you did the go bear trade, like lean into that shit because he's got some money and some time on that contract mm-hmm. so that nobody gonna, else is going to take off who's your hands go bear yeah no. so i mean you know <laughs> maybe indiana i don't know i don't know what indiana's doing i also but. think drew that like i think there he was frustrated too with the fact that they didn't have three of their top players in kyle anderson in Jaden mcdaniel in nas reed that it would have been i'm not saying that denver would lose that series but they i think they could have put up a better fight if they had those, especially Jade. Well, Kyle Anderson's been big too, man. I, I can't. Well, Nas take Reed, away. I'm I Nas yeah. Reed being out was that that was that was the ultimate Drew curse. So, I mean, we've had a couple that, uh, but that one really fell on my shoulders there, and I it feel did. bad about it because Nas was playing his ass off. And uh, anyway, so I, I look if they end up with a, a virtually the same roster as as they had this year, they had a pretty good season, honestly. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> as weird as it was, <laughs> and you get games, you get fifty more games out of Carl Anthony Towns yeah. that you didn't get this year. Yeah, I think they they do much better. I can see them bringing it, running it back, and mm-hmm. and uh, or or doing what we're talking about, like looking at different wings and different options for Gobert or or Carl Anthony Towns. I think you're going to be stuck with Gobert, right? So so maybe you just lean into that and you and you say, what can we get for Cat? to fill this out and have a, you know, a little bit more cohesive unit. Um, but who knows? Uh, it was, it was a decent season for them, all things considered and uh, a shitty matchup, right? Denver's Denver's great. Jokic is great. Like none, <laughs> not, not much you can do about that. Jamal Murray's popping off. It's just, it's nice. So we'll save as you requested the, the Suns and the nuggets talk for the next one. We'll try and come back soon. Uh, is there anything else that we need to touch on? I feel like we did it all, Clips. I think we, we hit a, I God, I swore there wasn't going to be any two hour, more two-hour podcasts, bro. We're almost there. Um, let's get a final thought in because we have the Laker game on now. There are games that I want to watch. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little upset because my final thought was going to probably be longer than I expected. So let me get your final thought. Uh, my final thought is short and sweet because uh, the Lakers are on and I need to go watch this game. Uh, my final thought is, dear NBA, can we space out these fucking games? Ugh. Like, we got two games on right now that are closeout games simultaneously. Like the Knicks, like you just talked about, apparently Julius Randle rolled his ankle, which means the Knicks will definitely win, probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 the, my Lakers are going on right now at the same fucking time. And then later we have the Kings and the and the Warriors, most electric series that we've had. Uh, going on at the same time as the as the Milwaukee Heat series, it's like you got to be fucking kidding me, man. Did they not do the math on this? How how is this the case where we have to do this? You got to do this to us. I have to go buy another TV. This is what this is. This is what this is, Adam Silver. I have to go buy another TV and mount it on my wall and piss off my wife so I can watch the playoffs. Is that what, that's what this is? Or I have to crane my neck and bring out my laptop like a like a like a sixth grader 
uh, who, who loves to play on his iPad, but also wants to watch the game. I, I hate this shit. Can we just space these games out a little bit better? That's my final thought. Drew, I understand that, but I actually love being the 12 year old that has the iPad, the laptop and two TVs going. I love it. Uh, it sucks. Like I was watching the Clipper game last night. It's while hard to the, watch both is, games is the point that I'm making. It is because you have to have that. volume. You're down. missing. You're missing stuff every time you look, you know, and the announcers have been so good through all this all series that like I like to listen with volume up. But no, I got I got all the games going. I had the Denver Minnesota game going while the Clipper game was going last night. It's fun. It is difficult, though. And they should have done the math on this. Like, hey, you know, the people that make the schedule for the season, you got to do the math for the playoffs as well. Like we could potentially have three, three to one games going on in the same day that people might want to watch. Right. So we, we have a full docket tonight and um, I'm going to do my final thought, Drew, and I'm actually going to keep it shorter than I wanted to do. You had asked me earlier about Ty Lu, and when I woke up this morning, this morning, bright and early, 4.45 in the morning. Ooh. I had, yeah, Oh, yeah. Got to get up early. Got to be there when the sun rises. And I had four people send me a Twitter thread. Four different people. It was for text messages and DM. Eclipse, you see this. Eclipse, you see this. So at 4.45, I'm reading this whole Twitter thread, which is from an account called uh, Clippers Content, right? Who changed his name to Cancun Content, all right? <laughs> and... The first start of the thread was now that the season's over, I can say that I got the chance to be a media member this year, covered a majority of home games, made this season somewhat bearable, also got to be a fly on the wall and learned some funny stuff, right? And then it's this full on thread that I, I want. The whole point of the final thought was to go through this whole thread and read everything this person had said. Mm. I don't believe it. All right. I believe some of the stuff. I believe that there is some truth, but I think this guy is like everybody else that wants to be this insider. Everybody claims to be an insider. Uh, if you don't dox yourself, you don't tell me who you are. I don't believe you, right? I don't think maybe this guy is a videographer. Maybe this guy had a press pass a couple a couple times, but I do think that there was some validity with some of the stuff he said. So the way that he starts this off is Ty Lue hates the front office, vice versa. Most of the players hate Ty as well. Anything they say about him in the media after he leaves is complete cap. Ty Lue kept playing those three, four guard lineups because he's trolling before he dips. That's what the guy says. Oof. Mook requested a trade multiple times, yet I genuinely have no clue why they didn't acknowledge it. Why? Uh, why do they have that player on the team? Eventually, after the deadline, he waltzed up to them and told them he was either a starter or uh, he's going to go home. And he went home. Those two weeks, that's what he's basically saying. Uh. Right? That's why he was on the uh, HASP. What is HASP? H-A-S-P for two weeks. It's a protocol. I don't know what it is. That's why he was on the HASP for two weeks. Uh, dude was throwing a temper tantrum because he didn't want his ego hurt. Ty enabled this too. It's crazy. I don't know what happened after or why he came back to the team. Props to him for coming to his senses, I guess. Reggie was low-key a dick too. That nice guy persona got has fraud alert so fast it's crazy. Cold shoulders, no in-game effort, pouting, all the works. Players' perception perception of him changed real quick. Anyways, this a lot of stuff was said. Mm. I had mentioned Reggie's body language the whole time. He was a powder, hundred percent a powder. Yeah. Um, this thing that that makes sense though is this bro bro 
relationship that Ty Lu had with Marcus Morris, right? It actually um, validates why we played Marcus Morris a lot, mm. right? I don't think that players hate Ty Lu. I don't think that. I haven't heard them praise Ty Lu a lot. Mm. I'm sure they're frustrated a lot with it. Um, Ty Lu is a great mind. He's actually a very good coach. I, I'm, it was very questionable with the lineups that he did, but I think he made the best of what works, right? Why have Rocco on the team? Why not trade Rocco if we're not going to play Rocco? You and I have talked about it a lot. Like I think he would have been uh, an asset in this Phoenix series with his length on DeAndre Aiden, on Kevin Durant. I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Do I like? Do I think Ty Lue should be our coach moving forward? Yes. Who else do you want? I, I understand the Nick Nurse thing, the relationship to Kawhi and all that. I understand it. If the Clippers choose to move on after this, I don't think this is all on Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue has had a, a, a fucked up season to deal with. Um, so I want I want Ty Lue. Some of the stuff this kid said, while uh, I don't believe it, because I think I think you need to stand by your word. Who are you and why are you saying this? Right. right, right. I'm not going to put my name on anything that I don't believe in or am willing to stand by. I'm not just going to. I I thought the thread was impressive because there's like 30 things this guy said. Mm. But even reaching out to a couple of Clipper guys, I know like he's like, hey, look, I think there's a little validity to it. I I think it's bullshit on the rest Mm. of it. So. I thought I wanted to bring that to attention because a lot of people sent it to me and Clippers yeah. fans, when things like this happens, they just want to be like, oh yeah, this guy hundred percent is so right. Ty Lue's fucked up. Oh, there's a real, <laughs> obviously we need to get rid of him. Like you guys buy into shit way too fast, right? right? If this was a valid source, a valid person that I know works for the media, if it's Farbod who I follow a lot that posts a lot of Clipper content. Um, one of the things that he had mentioned in this thread was how Clippers media sessions are real, uh, restricted. Like, yo, you can't ask this. You can't ask this. You will be fired. You will be kicked out. I've noticed that there's a couple Clipper media members that are no longer Clipper media members. So maybe there is some validity to that when asking certain questions, which sucks because it's free fucking press. This is America. You know what I mean? Let the journalists ask the questions that the fans want to know. You mm-hmm. know what I'm seeing? And what you, you cannot have Kawhi Leonard in a media session and not being able to ask him how he's feeling. Right? How's the knee? How? What's up with the medical staff? How's your uncle? Stuff like that. That's what we want to talk about. So while again, I'm not gonna. I, I don't mind. I don't mean to repeat myself, but I'm not buying that whole thread. All the Clipper fans that sent me that, I think that okay. If you want to believe that, if it makes you sleep better at night, fine. I'm fine with Ty Lue. I want him again. Run it back. If we're gonna run it back, run it back with Ty Lue. Yeah, I. You know, I. There could be a case for if Ime Udoka was still available. And I think there's still a case for Nick Nurse. I think he's a very good coach as well. But Ty Lue, um, it has has done it, right? He's also climbed the mountaintop. And uh, I think from everything that I've heard, still has a lot of respect around the league and should have some respect within this team, even though, yeah, some of his lineups were questionable and some of his decisions may have been questionable. He's also dealing with two superstars that can't stay on the floor. So, well, how much how much blame are you going to give that guy? How much better could Nick Nurse or any other coach for that matter do in a season like this? I don't mm-hmm. know. 
Yeah, and okay. I don't think front offices should be dictating how a coach coaches. All right. So if there's this, this if, the, if there is this disconnect that the front office is upset that we're playing these small lineups, uh, I don't think that should play. That's why Doc Rivers wanted to be general manager or whatever the hell he was, because yeah. he didn't want to dictate how front offices should not coach basketball teams. When Definitely. you hire a coach, you let a coach coach. All right. However, the hell he see, sees fit for us to win basketball games. You're always going to get questioned. There will always be a, hey, why did, why did Terrence Mann not play over 18 minutes that night? Well, cause he wasn't performing or I saw Norm had a better matchup or Eric Gordon, right? Eric Gordon was just shooting better. That's why. So anyways, that's how I feel. If we're going to run it back, we run it back with Ty Lue. And if, you know, if there's another coach that comes up, uh, and I, no, actually, no, there is no other coach. Ty Lu, I'm for it. Drew, we got to go watch these basketball games. We have a lot tonight. Uh, go Knicks. Go Lakers. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. We're ghosts. You know what it is?